This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 23rd, 2016. Psalms of Life, Psalm 41. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day where you have called us to be together, to touch one another to, uh, with our kind words or to say hello, just to be together in your church. Open up our hearts that we might be changed and transformed by your word found in Psalm 41. And we ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered and said, Amen. Amen. So welcome to the third and final week of Psalms of Life. The Psalms, they're found in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. And here's what the Life Application Bible shares about the Psalms. It says, this is a great collection of songs and prayers. It expresses the heart and soul of humanity. In them we find the whole range of human experiences expressed. And so our focus this morning will be on Psalm 41. So let's uh, get started. Psalm 41, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desires of their foes. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. And so the psalmist jumps right in, telling us, reminding us, that the Lord rewards those who have regard for the weak. The Hebrew word dal, D-L is how we would uh, write it in English, translated here as weak, can also be translated as poor, needy, humble, haggard, scrawny. And so what, what, what we're told here right off the bat is that those who have regard for, who give attention to, who are aware of, who take note of those who are not as well off, those who are in need, those people who do that are blessed. Blessed. Now in the Bible, this is known as a beatitude. A beatitude refers to a state of great joy result, resulting from being blessed by God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, it's known as the Beatitudes. There's a whole list of these things, including statements such as, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, and so on. We also find a similar list in the book of Luke. And so we find here in Psalm 41 and throughout the Bible that those who regard the poor, those who care for, who are compassionate to the poor, will be blessed by God. Will be blessed by God. Caring for the less fortunate is a very important part of our ministry here at Connection Church. In fact, one of our, our pillars is outreach. It's caring for uh, one another. It is so important. That's why we have things like our fall coat giveaway. That's on November 19th. Please bring in your newer gently used coats so that others can be blessed. And we are blessed in giving. 
Also, we're collecting brownie mixes out in the lobby for Thanksgiving. There are people who can't provide Thanksgiving for their families. So for $1.50 buying a brownie mix, we are blessed when we know that we bless others. Operation Christmas Child, this is Operation Christmas Child Month. We know that when a child across the world opens their box and sees all the gifts, they will be blessed, but I consider that I'm even more blessed by being able to give. By the way, please bring in your stuff for the packing party. Uh, that will be next week. So it's really interesting how God works because yesterday we were uh, finishing up preparing for today. And when we do that, we sit uh, together and we, we speak the message out loud so that we don't like stumble over each other once we get up here. Hopefully. Hopefully. And we had just finished and the phone rang. And the voice on the other end said, God has really been nudging me to share something and I've been trying to ignore it, but I can't ignore it anymore. So I'm calling you because I need to tell you about it. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we feed those who don't have enough food. A ministry from 10 to 12, we get stuff from, um, where do we get stuff from? Wawa. Wawa. Uh, KFC. KFC. Um, right there. Um. Chipotle. <laughs> All righty. And so we put together, the team puts together food and gives it out. We've been running out of food. By 10.30. By 10.30. So people are coming at 11 o'clock hoping for food and there's no food. And so this person on the other end says, Carrie, what if every week, every family at Connection who just shows up for Sunday morning brings a can of soup? And we just put that in a bin because this can feed a whole, this can feed somebody. This is a meal for somebody. And I'm like, wow, we just finished talking about how we have to be concerned about those who are less fortunate. Absolutely. So Connection Church, next week when you come, Grab a can of soup out of your pantry and bring it, and we'll have a... It's a couple hundred meals a week. Can you imagine? A cup. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Candy Drummond was the one that called. She was obedient to God. She tried to get rid of it. She couldn't. And so here we are. We are now in Super Sunday. We're going to bring cans of soup so that we can feed the needy. So our first can is tomato soup. Go. All right, you know what? We are so blessed when we are able to bless others. It really backfires on us. You're in. I'm just okay. taking a breath. <laughs> just trying to take it all in. So those who care will be blessed by God. The psalmist shares what that blessing looks like. God will deliver them, those who care, He'll deliver them when they have trouble. God will protect them and preserve them. They are counted among the blessed in the land, the psalm tells us. God will protect them from their enemies and sustain them when they are sick. God will restore them. In other words, it's really, really important to God for us to care for the less fortunate. And this is not the uh, first or the only time that will be told this in scripture. It's a recurring theme, Old Testament, New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, from the first book to the last book in the Bible. 
God cares for those who are less fortunate, and God wants, God expects, God commands those who are more fortunate to also care for those who are not. Several weeks ago, we took a look at the book of Ruth, the story of Ruth from the Old Testament, and we're reminded how God set up a regulation at the time for when the field was harvested, for some of the grain to be left on the outs, outer edges of the field so that those who were less fortunate could come and, and get grain so that they wouldn't be hungry. Great, great system. We also read in the New Testament where Jesus reaches out to those in need time and time again. Those whose society casted out, those who were less than, those who were in the margins, those who have been separated from others. For instance, uh, the woman that was shunned because she had made several very poor relational choices and she was on the outskirts of society. Or how about the man with a skin condition called leprosy? He was, he was lost. He was poor. He was less fortunate. Over and over and over again, Jesus, we read stories of how Jesus reached out to those less fortunate, and we are called to do the same. In Psalm 41, we're reminded how important it is to God that we have regard for that we pay attention to those who are less fortunate. So back to the psalm. We're reading from um, the New International Version this morning. We would encourage you, even though it's on the screen, we would encourage you when you come to church to bring your Bible with you. It's always good to bring your Bible with you. Make notes in it. If, 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 if your Bible is on your phone, bring your phone. We won't think you're texting somebody. We'll, we'll make the assumption that you're in the Scripture. There's a thing called version. Get that app, and you'll have, you'll have the Bible with you all the time. But we'd love for you to have your personal Bible with you on your lap as we're going through this on Sunday mornings. So verses 4 through 9, Psalm 41. I, that's the, the psalmist, the one writing the psalm, I said, Have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, When will he die and his name perish? When one of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely. While his, heart, while his heart gathers slander, then he goes out and spreads it around. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying, A vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. And so the tone of this psalm has really changed. In the first three verses, it's, you know, be compassionate for the less fortunate. But no longer is the writer talking about how God cares for those who was less fortunate. Now he's saying that I'm the one in need. I am weak. The psalmist is looking to God for mercy for himself, asking the Lord to heal him, confessing that he has sinned against God. King David is the one who is attributed as the writer of this psalm. And we would not think of King David as being less fortunate, as King David being needy. But we do see in the psalms that King David does cry out to the Lord time and time again. And we also read in the psalms where King David has 
many enemies. In fact, there are times when he runs for his life because people are out to get him and even kill him. David is aware that he is oh so very needy, in need of God's grace, in need of God's mercy. He's aware of his enemies and their desire to not only slander him, but to imagine the worst for him. David states here, even his close friend has turned against him. That really hurts. His close friend has turned against him. So, can anybody here relate to what David's sharing with us in this psalm? Can I get an amen? Yeah. You ever sought God's mercy, realizing your own shortcomings while painfully being made aware that those, uh, there are those around you who want to see you stumble and fall? You ever have days when it just seems like everybody's against you, including that person you counted on as a friend, but now realize that person's no friend at all? And maybe it's not just been a day, maybe it's turned into a week, a month, or a year or so. We've had that. We've had it more than once, and it's painful. It leaves its mark. I know when it happens, I want to put up my guard. I want to kind of withdraw, and that's not good either. And we like to say it only happened before we went into ministry, <laughs> but we'd be lying to say that. <laughs> it happens even in the church, and that's because the church is made up of people, and that's what we're talking about, people and our need for God. And so, at the beginning of Psalm 41, we may be compelled to have greater compassion to those who are in need, for those who are poor and weak, and for good reason, because that's what we're told to do, to not turn our backs. That's an awareness that we need to have, absolutely. But then David was very quick to turn the tables around and help us realize that that includes all of us. All of us are in need. All of us, at one time or another, are, are poor, are weak. And so in verses 4 to 9, here David unites us. This is this, um, this universal weakness that we all have at one time or another. Need, weakness is no respecter of persons. We see that right here at Connection. There are so many times when, when we hear of one or two or 10 or 20 of us in some kind of desperate need. I'm not just talking financial, I'm just talking spiritual as well. And then people go missing from here when life doesn't go according to plan quite often. And, and we find out that people go missing because they're in a relational mess or a financial mess or as, uh, you know, spiritual, they are feeling disconnected from God or maybe their kids are a mess. We call that wonky. That's what Deb Morgan calls it when things get kind of crazy, wonky. I think it's a great word for just things going crazy or when people slip back into old habits or get in touch with old hurts or hang-ups. And then we think that God doesn't care, that God doesn't hear, that God doesn't want them to be in fellowship with one another. We're asking you, Connection Church, to be an encourager. When you run into someone 
that you haven't seen for a while, be an encourager. Help them know that they're not alone. Invite them to come and be among us, for we are all weak. We are all in need of grace and mercy. We should never turn our backs on anyone. Mm -hmm. But you know what? When life happens and when things go crazy, when there's a fork in the road, we have a choice to go one way or the other. We have a choice. We can turn toward God or we can turn away from God. At those times when everyone, everything seems to go against us, we can either abandon God or we can embrace God. In our ministry here, we see this over, over, over again. On the one hand, people are having a hard time, especially with loss, loss of one kind or another, and all too often they turn from God, blaming God, wondering where God was in their time of need, wondering why God didn't answer their prayers the way they wanted them answered, wondering how they will ever move on, ever get back to living life day to day, wondering whether joy will ever return. And in the process of blaming God, they, they turn from God, they isolate themselves, they quit coming to church, they quit doing the things that keep them close to the only one who can really help them. And then on the other hand, we realize that there are those, even though they wish things would be different, wish prayers had been answered another way, wish loss hadn't happened, they realize that their only hope, their only hope is, is in the Lord. Their only hope for some semblance of normalcy, some comfort or peace, finding joy again, is in the Lord. And that's because it is God and God alone who can truly help us in our time of need. Mm -hmm. So we want to invite a friend uh, Murray Drummond to the to the platform this morning. Murray's been a friend for a long time. He's he and his family um, actually helped start Connection Community Church back uh, in uh, 2001. And um, so we wanted to ask Murray a a pretty simple question, actually. Um, Murray, um, what happened on December the 16th? 1981 to change your life? I need to back up a little bit before that. Um, Kenny and I got married October 26, 1979. And on December 16, 1981, we were living very comfortably in a trailer. And um, about 11 o'clock at night, it caught fire. It burnt down. And we lost just about everything we owned. Fortunately, we got out with our lives. And it's a good thing we didn't have children at the time because they would have probably died in a fire. Well, let me ask you another question then because today this morning we're talking about how when things like that happen, we have a choice. We can turn toward God. We can turn away from God. We can abandon God. We can embrace God. What did you and Candy do? About 3 o'clock in the morning, I was laying on the floor in my aunt and uncle's house, Susan Faulkner's, mom and dad's, 
trying to go to sleep and couldn't. And I just had this nudging, and I wasn't angry, I wasn't mad, I wasn't upset. And I just thought to myself and started praying. I said, okay, God, you got my attention. Now what? And that began my journey with God and Jesus. So in that case, uh, a tragedy uh, took you from far from God rather than further from God so that you could embrace God. Amen. And been embracing him ever since. Amen. Amen that. Thank you. You know, sooner or later, each and every one of us will have time of need, time of loss. It's guaranteed. Now, it might not be as severe as a fire that takes everything. On the other hand, it might. It might even take life. And the question is always going to be, when that happens, where will we turn? Will we abandon God, thinking God wasn't there when we needed him, or will we embrace God knowing that God is, in fact, our only hope? Let's continue to look at our psalm, Psalm 41, picking it up at verse 10. But may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. So once again, David seeks mercy from the Lord. And then he asks God to raise him up, to give him the strength, to give him the power, so he may repay those who have been against him. <laughs> A little revenge. And you know, the truth is, isn't that the prayer that we would all like to make at one time or another, if we're really honest with ourselves? Help me, Lord, so that I might extract my revenge, that I might get back at that person who did me wrong, that I at least might get even. You know, let's be real here. At one point or another, haven't we all had that desire? I know I have. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, sweet revenge. And even though that might be our desire, the truth is that good feelings that we get from revenge are only temporary. They never really satisfy anything because repaying those who hurt us, it really doesn't take away the hurt at all. It doesn't undo what was done. So if repayment doesn't work, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, if repayment doesn't work, what do we do? Well, Jesus addresses this in the fifth chapter of Matthew, new part of the Bible, New Testament, verse 38 through 42. In fact, the, sub, the little subtitle here in the New International Version says, Jesus teaches about revenge. He says this, he says, You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. 
If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So we need to be clear that Jesus is not telling us to allow abuse. That is not what this is about. We believe that healthy boundaries are absolutely necessary and appropriate. But what Jesus is saying is that we should not allow our, another's behavior to dictate our own behavior. Jesus is telling us to take the high road, to not repay evil for evil. That's the point of this. Just as God asked, or just as David asked for God's mercy so that he could repay his enemies, we need to ask for God's mercy to repay our enemies as well. But the difference is this. Jesus is telling us to not repay our enemies with revenge, but with love, whatever that looks like, with love. And we can only do that with the help of God. David ends this psalm with a praise to God. In fact, um, why don't you say it with me? Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. What, what I like about this psalm is it starts out one way, okay, being compassionate to the poor, being compassionate to one another. Then the part two is like realizing that, oh my gosh, I'm needy too. Lord, I'm in need of your grace and mercy. But then at the end of the day, at the end of this psalm, David is giving God the honor and the glory that is due. And our prayer is that every night when we lay our head down, no matter how hard the day is, even if we have to shake our fist at God and say, you know, what's going on? Hear my cry, O oh Lord, attend unto my prayer. And my, you know, it feels like you're not hearing me, that we can at the end of the day say, praise be to the Lord, everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Because he is our true only hope in this world. Let's pray. Most holy God, we thank you. We glorify your holy name. When we come to those places where things are different than what we had hoped, when we're challenged, when we may even find tragedy, Please help us to turn not away, but to turn towards you, Lord. Please help us not to abandon, but to embrace. And please help us at the end of the day to be able to say, praise you, Lord, God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.